So here we go, Lou. After another big week for Lou and Al for breakfast, we are very soon kicking off a huge weekend across town. I know. Um, and like so spoilt for choice for what we can do over the weekend. You have no excuse. Come Monday, back at work, coffee around the, uh, the work desks or offices saying, no, there was nothing to do. Couldn't do anything this weekend. There was nothing on. Sound like a teenager. There's oh, everything on. Bored. Red Hot Summer <laughs> Tour this weekend with Donga. Some phenomenal Aussie acts up on stage doing their thing. Of course, we've just got through uh, Albury Gold Cup. That's been huge. Yep. Caravan show. Ginger a swap, mate. Can't wait for that on Sunday. Oh, very exciting. And uh, look, we had some great chats during the week as well, including... Uh, the lovely Dr. Renee from Pet Focus Vet Care, who, uh, who will, will pl- replay you some of that. Yep. Uh, big chat about oodles. And if you've ever wanted to explore <laughs> the oodles. wonderful world of cross poodle ownership, uh, that's coming up for you soon. But on top of that, too, we're so excited by the fact that uh, we are getting a Midnight Oil show later this year. It's coming up in April. was supposed to be this month. We chatted with Jim Magini, and what a nice bloke he was. Oh, so lovely. So generous with his time and... So pumped to be coming to Rutherglen for a day on the green. It was a big chat. We play part of it on the show this week. Here's the full-length chat with Jim Magini from Midnight Oil. Enjoy. Excited about Rutherglen? Oh, yeah, well, finally, yeah. We'll yeah, get there. I know. Um, Really excited about Rutherglen, yeah. Did anyone else um, get sick in the band, Jim, or just Rob? Just Rob, really. I had it over Christmas, so I, oh, did you? I had my dose. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you got your exposure. He, yeah, he's he's uh, he's the next uh, next cap off the rank. But um, is he yeah, okay? He's, uh, yeah, he's he's fine. He's he's remarkably good, actually. He's um, I was quite worried about it when he got it, but I thought, well, he's pretty healthy, and um, you know, bashing on those drums all the time, and um, <laughs> keeps him fit. Yeah, no, he looks surprisingly good, actually. Um, but you know, just because of following all the all the regulations, yeah. you just can't do a gig when someone's got COVID. So, so true. Um, say, it's kind of hard to keep your distance when you guys travel together and do everything together. Sweat all over each other when you're That's running right. around the stage. Flogger over each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of that. <laughs> Fawn over each other, sort of um, genuflect over each other. Yeah, look, it's a bit close <laughs> being in a band. But it's not like the tr- in the old days and you're driving and holding up and down the Hume Highway for, you know, like, uh, you know, three in the morning and stopping in Wangaratta for a hamburger and all of that sort of stuff. Um, it's not quite like that. No. Days, but, yeah, do you, you miss know. that though? I don't miss that, no. <laughs> At least you're honest. Because a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, the good old days, weren't they amazing? But you're being honest, it's uh, probably a bit easier these days. It's a bit easier these days, yeah. We, we'd stay in a good hotel and, yeah. you know, we, 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 we travel pretty well. And um, You're obviously you know, eating you'd, better you'd too. To the first time we went to Melbourne, we only played to seven people. We drove all the way to Melbourne to play to seven people. Oh, so wow. That's the, that's the sort of nature of the business, really. But, um, yeah, look, it was romantic, you know, and, and uh, you, you kind of can you, you can get a bit dewy-eyed thinking about it, but in reality it was, it was really, it was really uh, kind of dangerous and sort of you'd be tired and driving and doing the whole thing, driving to Sydney back from a gig up in Melbourne, you know, yep. if you did a gig, jump in the car, that was sort of what you'd do. So, um, yeah, it's fun and games. Now, Jim, the last time I chatted to you was just before you embarked on the Great Circle World Tour, and I remember how ridiculously excited the band was. You were practicing, you were working at your set list. You had, a, I think it was at the time, over 120 different songs to choose from to work out what you were going to play. What's the feeling now? This is the Resist final tour, the final go around this beautiful country of ours with the mighty Midnight Oil. Uh, we've been hearing reports of the intense energy from you guys up on stage, but what's the feeling like from the band itself? Is there, uh, is it sort of 
of like, wow, this is going to be the greatest thing ever, or is it a bit bittersweet? Oh, look, that's a good question. Um, I think it's pretty much the combination of the two things. You know, we because we, when you know it's the last time, it's a different feeling. And uh, the audiences at the gig so far have been amazing. They're just coming along and, and checking it out and seeing what we're going on. The band's playing really well. And I think because we know it's the last time, it's sort of where digging deep as well to you know to make it really count well i don't know about the 120 songs now because we've got um a new bass player adam ventura he's playing with us who's fantastic and um he's he's learned about 60 songs yep. so we'll, we'll, he's halfway there. we won't, yeah only 60 so yeah we'll be doing the deep, deep cuts and those things but of course all the hits and the things will be there as well as a, in a pepper with all the new stuff which we're really enjoying playing as well so um yeah, look, it is kind of, it is bittersweet, and it's it's kind of a beautiful thing in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, seeing what Ash Barty did with her retirement yesterday, at, 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 you know, the other day, it was extraordinary that, that you, you can actually have a nuanced conversation about this stuff, and you can get out while you're on top, and, yeah. it's, and it's okay. You know, people understand for personal reasons or whatever the reasons that we all you know came to to come to this decision are all you know part of the whole thing, and we're. You know, it, it's it's having that that sort of uh, career for such a long time, and, and doing the heights and the incredible lows, and the and the sort of incredible power of, of the band. It's which is still manifest. You know, it's sort of quite a extraordinary thing to to go out when you're still playing really well. I mean, and you're not you haven't got to that point where it could get a bit dodgy. You know. <laughs> We're not going to get near to that point, you know. And we have right. other things calling us, and we have, but we'll still have some sort of, you know, relationship and with what we do next, you know. I'm, I'm sure I just know we will because of who we are and, and how we've done it so far, and what the Minotaur story is. So, so yeah. Jim, <laughs> the fact that you're, um, so you're the leading songwriter for Midnight Oil and responsible, honestly, for some of the most insightful and and singable lyrics of any songs, of any bands, will you miss that process or is that something that you will keep doing even, you know, even one day when Midnight Oil decides not to bring out any more albums? Will you still write songs? Oh, look, I don't know about being the leading songwriter. I'd say myself and Rob and with Pete are the songwriters in the band pretty much. But um, definitely think I'm going to, you know, I'm not giving up on music at all and uh, don't think any, any of us are going to because it's, well, who we are. It's so yeah. much a big part of who we are. But I just think that idea of a touring band playing its old songs slower and slower going around the world <laughs> in the, is heading towards their late 70s with, you know, the wheelchair and the, you know, the, the, the handrails everywhere, you know. I mean, I think that isn't sort of... A good look for a band, really, even though the Stones do it, and I, I think they must be taking really good drugs <laughs> oh, no. or something. They've, but they've all got um, big portraits in the attic somewhere. I reckon that are keeping them going. <laughs> oh, the Victorian Grey thing, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Like, totally. how do they keep going? It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they're um, they've they've sort of you know it's actually great when you see that too. But it's for us, I think it's a different thing. Our music isn't sort of the the blues. In the mid-tempo blues thing, it's really urgent. Yep. Oh, so Aussie high rock, energy. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's really high energy, and it's got to be played really fast. Yeah. So I think we're kind of, you know, t- t- sort of uh, getting out what quitting while we're still ahead, basically. And uh, and you know, the, both both the albums, Macarada and Resistor Hit Number One, and that's a great thing to to have, you know, on your, on as as you, as you do your final lap. We're really grateful to all of our fans, and hopefully we can share that with them when we see them, and and see, you know, just play the songs, and and you know, it's all their part of our lives as much as we are of theirs as well. You know, we, we totally see the relationship between our audience and and the, and the band's trajectory how they've helped us, especially, you know, supporting us live in the early days where radio wouldn't play us, you know. We yes. were too, 
we were too it was too sort of edgy you know or something I don't know what it was about our music um, that it didn't sort of catch on with radio in the very very beginning so our live audience and our at our gigs they're the people that kept us going really. so it's lovely just sort of to, to to play in front of people and rock up in the town and go and go and um, and have that communion with them really I think that's what it is it's a, it'd be a beautiful thing so we're really looking forward to doing it and the band's sort of you know just enjoying it at the moment it's a funny thing yeah but it is just the way it is and and we're, we're, we're loving it. Well, nothing to prove, I guess. That makes a big difference to the way you approach things, doesn't it? Yeah, there's always something to prove at a gig. I mean, you you you, yeah. you you have to sort of give it everything and 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 you know touch on the songs that you think people are going to want to hear, and as well as challenging yourselves and and um, you know but you know nothing to prove is an interesting thing. I think in rock, you're only as good as your last gig. You know, there's an expression that's in the business, but I think we're always on our medal, you know, we're always trying to do our best and, and like a sporting team, you know, I guess you can't go out on the field and just sort of uh, just, <laughs> just dribble the ball around, you know, not <laughs> you know, we have to sort of, you know, you know, kick it through the goalposts all the time, you know, and I think that's part of who we are as well, that we, we want to give it, we want to give everything. Now, Jim, when we put the question out there to fans of Midnight Oil, favourite Midnight Oil song of all time, obviously there are an absolute stack loads to choose from. You've got phenomenal albums, everything from 10 to 1, Red Sails and the Sunset, uh, Makarata Project, like you mentioned before. What's a song that you play that you will never, ever get tired of hearing? You may have played it since the very early days, one of your early cuts. Is there a Midnight Oil song that you think, this is such my favourite, I'm not supposed to pick my favourite kid here, but this one is up there? <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. So they're all like your kids. I mean, I, I, I could name like about twenty just off the top of the head of my head. Uh, you know, I couldn't really specifically get on one. I know that there's when we play Dead Heart, it's always a fantastic experience, oh, yeah. and there's something bigger than than the song that happens with the crowd and uh, and happens with us, and it's it's that sort of surrender to to sort of a you know the power of that. It's a it's a beautiful that's a beautiful one. I always enjoy playing that, but. You know, there are others. I, I, you know, we haven't got enough time to sort of go through the <laughs> no. encyclopedia of midnight oil music. But um, you know, they, they are all like our kids, really. The songs, and we're we're very fond of all of them, really. And and some of them are, are tricky, and, and you know, they're quite complicated to play. But they're um, yeah, that's all part of who we are. You know, we sort of started off as a prog band, and we became sort of a a rock band, and then we became like a pop band, and then we went through all these different phases of electronica and folk and. So there's a lot of variety in our music, you know, and uh, I think that's part of what what makes the show really varied as well. We you know we would drop all those sort of things in as we go, um, <clears throat> you know. But the subject matter of the band is very much what it is. But um, you know, it's sort of protest music in a way, sure. you, you could call it. But the style of the music is very varied, and uh, you know that's that's part of the charm, I think, and and, and the longevity, I think, just came yeah. from that too. Just having. Not being not going to settle on one thing, we're going to sort of explore all types of music to 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 sort of put put our points across. Yeah, so, yeah, it, that you're so right. And and you mentioned electronica in there, and of course for us today it's Flock of Eighties Friday, which means it's all about the Eighties. <laughs> Bring out the Casio keyboards, and... right? Um, <laughs> so I, I just wondered for you. I mean, obviously, like a an incredible period of time for the band, the Eighties. For you, is is there one one word or one feeling that sums up that time for Midnight Oil? Well, that's a very interesting. You know, I'd say, uh, well, three three words. You know, beds are burning. You know, yep. I mean, yes. that totally changed our lives and and enabled the band to tour internationally. And so now, when we play, it isn't just here. It's you know, Europe and Scandinavian countries and. 
you know, the States and Canada and South America and you know, all sorts of places, you know, we can go and play um, because of that song. It just opened so many doors. And, and, and the great thing about it is it was a song about Aboriginal land rights. Yep. And, um, and I think our experience with Aboriginal peoples gave us, gave us that, um, well, it, it sort of <clears throat> allowed us, us to go forth through the gates into the sort of the, the into the rock and roll sort of world scene. You know, I think that sort of that experience with those people, that, you know, gave us permission to do that in a, in a, in a strange cosmic sort of way. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I think that that would be the my, my summation of the eighties. That was the difference between that and all the other decades. And uh, and and we still play that song. And and uh, I never get sick of that one. Oh, it gives <laughs> me honestly. Powerful. Whenever I hear it, it gives me goosebumps. That's no joke. Like there are some songs that just do that to you, and that always does. Oh, well, thanks so much. Oh, it's lovely to hear that. Oh, come along to the gig. <laughs> oh, I will be. <laughs> we have mascara and hair gel and everything. Let's see that. You know, I want to see the, the 80s thing happening. <laughs> well, we can't wait, Jim. Obviously, we were getting set to see you earlier this month, but now uh, back in action Sunday, the 24th of April, coming up the All Saints Estate in Rutherglen. It's going to be an absolutely huge show. You've got Hoodoo Gurus on board. All our exes live in Texas. Uh, and, of course, tickets through FrontierTouring.com. Thank you so much for your time this morning. We know that things are super busy with everything that's going on, the touring, the planning, know, everything. Yeah. But so awesome to chat to you, and congratulations on what has been a phenomenal concert series so far and so many awesome shows still to go. Thanks, Lou and Al. Yeah, look forward to seeing you and the gurus and the exes and everyone down there. It'll be a great night. I've had quite a busy week this week. You know, like life's busy with kids and everything else that you've got to deal with. This job, outside this job. Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah, life, life's busy. And sometimes when you're really busy, you become a little bit preoccupied. Would you agree? Absolutely. You know, and sometimes your brain's not exactly where it should be at every given moment, right? So yesterday, I had a brain fart. It happened to me, sadly, whilst I was driving my car oh. on a renowned piece of road uh, that is a 60k zone that often has a nasty speed camera oh, hidden no. in a car that I'm well aware of, that I drive every day, <laughs> right? And you know to look out for it. I them. know to look out for it and I know that it's 60 and I purposely go only 60 down there, like very, very carefully drive to the speed limit. Oh, not yesterday, idiot Louisa, driving oh. along, just thinking in my mind. I was quite preoccupied with something and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do about it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, I I just wasn't even looking. And I, over it. And you know what happened? <laughs> now, I reckon it'll be a cracker photo because so it was a, it, it was a black vehicle, like an SUV kind of vehicle parked on the left-hand side of the road where it often is, <laughs> and I didn't even think about it until I got close enough to see the whole camera set up in the back window, mm -hmm. right? Like massive. And the look of horror that overcame my face, I hope is captured <laughs> on the camera because at that very second, do you know what I'm talking about? At sure. that very second I saw it and I, and I think I let an expletive fly as I looked straight at the camera, went, oh, my God. Please bring that photo as in. I, as I slammed the brakes on. Of course. Because I realised I was going over the speed limit, but not just a little bit over the speed limit because it's downhill, right? Oh. So I would have been going, look, I reckon, oh, I don't even want to say how fast I might have been going, but it's a 60k zone. I was going well upwards of 60 towards 70k, so oh, I reckon. Okay, even because with that 3k tolerance? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Because it's bloody downhill, and I thought there was there should be a law against them putting it at a bottom of a hill. It's so Pro- rude. Probably why they put them at the yeah, bottom oh, of the hill. Sure. Come on. Anyway, do you know what? Like, I've got to take it on the chin because yep. I was I was going over the speed limit, and I haven't received obviously anything yet because it only happened yesterday. But oh, the terror and that moment. I hope they send me the photo because it'll be quite hilarious. Immortalised in former glory. Oh, my goodness. It was just hideous. So just remember, people, you know, those little mobile car things that they just park that car that's just parked there for no bloody reason. It's there for a reason. Nice day for the pets to be out and about today, Lou. <laughs> Always a lovely day to take your dog for a walk when it's not raining, even if it is raining from time to time. But um, pets have become so very important at the moment with uh, the fact that, you know, we've had a lot of time at home that we don't normally have and people are buying pets left, right and centre and spending a lot of money on them. Let's talk all things oodles today with <laughs> Dr Renee from Pet Focus Vet Care. Morning, Renee. Good morning, folks. So I wanted to talk about oodles today because um, in the last probably week, I've had three friends um, either get uh, a cavoodle or <laughs> uh, be looking at buying one, right? So when I say oodles, there's cavoodles, there's groodles, there's labradoodles. They're all crosses between a labrador and a poodle, a cavalier and a poodle, um, uh, 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 whatever else in a poodle. Is, so, is a Rottweiler and a poodle a roodle? <laughs> probably. <laughs> is that a possibility? <laughs> There's moodles. There's all sorts. So, so Renee, first of all, why do people cross these dogs? Because they're not an actual breed. They're just two cross... They're a crossbreed, aren't they? Exactly right, Lou. So, initially, this all started because everyone wants their, the lack of shedding of hair. Yes, that the poodle is renowned for. So um, the the cross began, and your classic cross was the cavalier cross with the with the poodle for the beautiful um, cavalier temperament and the yes, non shedding uh, properties of the poodle. Absolutely, and they are they they are a beautiful cross. They're beautiful. Um, hideously expensive at the moment. Well, this is the flavour of the year. Yes, so people are paying upwards of $7,000 for a dog that's not an actual breed. And people need to be a little mindful that the cost cost doesn't end with buying your puppy. Um, A lot of these these dogs uh, we see are emerging with problems, skin problems, knee problems, hip problems. So it's really important to make sure you have the savings to be able to maintain them in good health as well. They're starting to sound like expensive cars, Dr. Oh, Renee. I reckon. <laughs> they are. They are. So, um, yes, it, it would be a good idea to consider before you are about to purchase one of these breeds, if I can call them that, um, to have a consult with your vet and, and sit down and have a chat about it because it, it, it is a big decision. Um, it's a, it's an investment, really, in, in emotion and in finances. So it's a big decision. Yeah, it is. So, Renee, one of the things that I, I'm interested in because, you know, um, so we have a Cavalier and and I feel like if you're going to buy a breed of dog for the traits that it has, fantastic. And you know the pros and the cons. So you know you're buying it because it's got a beautiful temperament, because it's going to fit in with your family. But you also know potentially with, with most known breeds um, what their health issues may be, and you also buy from um, a registered uh, good breeder who will breed so that they don't have those um, health problems that they can have. So with the oodles, what's the chances of you getting a dog, one, 
that is going to be non-shedding when you're crossing those two breeds and two that doesn't have the health problems. Well, exactly rightly, because you can get them uh, throw to one side or the other. So more calf or more poodle, for example, if we're talking cavoodle. Yeah. So you're not necessarily guaranteed to get no shedding of hair. Um, and you've got a reasonable potential of them having the issues that come with having a purebred. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and probably more so, I'm guessing, because a lot of these people, and I'm not saying all of them because some people are right into it, but a lot of people who would be breeding them wouldn't even be doing any kind of genetic testing. Exactly right, and that's where it's important to do your research uh, and make sure you're dealing with a registered breeder. But not only that, that you do some more groundwork on what's coming out of these these registered breeders. What are these dogs like? Um, you know, ask all the questions, make sure that they've had the appropriate testing done beforehand. We can now do great genetic testing to find out how likely these dogs are, are to have these heritable traits. So, you know, as much groundwork as possible is important and that's where us vets can help you out too. Um, so you are able to, to conduct the appropriate homework needed in order to not guarantee but minimise the chances of you having problems with your new pet because the last thing you want when you're making this awesome, fun decision is to have all the problems that can come with them. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Renee, there's so many uh, fascinating combinations. We've touched over a few. What do you reckon is the oddest oodle mix you've seen in your time oh as a vet? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I see that that many oodles, Al. I can't <laughs> even think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of entertained with the concept of a rudel, though, yep. that you brought up before. I can't say I've ever seen one of those. <laughs> well, I was just thinking on that, too. I'm not going to say what I think it's going to be called, but if you mix a grain, Great Dane and a Poodle, uh, that would be an interesting naming concept as well. I'm going to leave that one alone. Great day to the poodle. I think Lou's just worked that one out. Hang on. It's not a doodle. (laughs) It's a great doodle. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great doodle. That's a good one. So there we go. Uh, so if you're looking to to get into the oodle side of things, the best advice is absolutely, Dr. Renee, talk to your vet before you before you go out there and just snap the next $1,000 bargain up. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Renee, thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that is uh, another podcast down and dusted. We are back coming up Monday, Lou. We are. Gosh, the, the time just goes, doesn't it? I think well, that's, is that week two for us, Al? Have we it done is. two weeks together now? Yeah, nine shows because uh, we started on a Tuesday. That's true. And we're still <laughs> speaking, which is really good. Haven't thrown furniture at each other yet. There's no. been no mediation in the office. This is a good start. Yep. Fantastic. We're going to be catching up with uh, Claire Hooper from the very, very funny Would I Lie to You very soon. Yes. So looking forward to that. Uh, of course, Schwana, we'll catch you in with again soon after another big weekend of AFL Foot. And all the usual fun stuff too, including the free money minute, $1,000 worth. I reckon it's going to go off in the next week or so. Has to. Has to. If I am on air for a solid month working with you and we haven't given away $1,000, well, we're, that's unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> or we're doing something wrong. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could. So we'll see how we go. We'll catch you again soon. This is Lou and Al for breakfast here at the Borders 105.7 Triple M. <laughs>